When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast, and we are officially in the offseason and not the postseason, not the way we wanted it to be. Uh, Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, shout out to Jordo. Happy birthday in the Happy live birthday, chat. Jordo. 28. Best, best way to enjoy the CHGO experience. Happy birthday, brother. Make sure Happy you subscribe birthday. to that CHGO Sports Jordo's YouTube page. Here. Huh? I said Jordo is all, always here. Jordo is loyal. Yeah, always, man. always here. Yeah. Um, I see that make name. sure you sign up to be a diehard. Make sure you rate and review us, all positive things. Give us the thumbs up, the five stars, all those cool things. Listen, the season's over, but we are not. Five days a week, we are here for an hour bringing you Cubs content, chatting with you live. Yeah, yes, Barb, Barb, we're, we're live. live. We are live, Barb. This is the first of our off-season shows. We only have six months to go. Only. Six months more. Only. Five months till Ryan probably heads out to uh, Arizona. Well, AZ. All I know is that this off-season, I'm not working nearly as hard as I did last off-season. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Mentally? Mentally or and physically. physically. I'm not working nearly as hard. I'm sure Jake loves to hear that. Well, I worked very, very hard this past offseason. Credit right? to Cody. It's time to work Credit. harder. Credit it's time to, to work me. harder, Cody. They give him. We're all, we're all, we're uh, all gearing up for the deserve, run next well, year. And what I mean by that is I didn't take any vacation time last offseason. I'm going on vacation. Going again. on vacation? I, and, and I can't wait to not have the Cubs be part yeah. of any of it. Yeah, it's a good thing you don't – it's kind of a good thing the season's over because now you don't have to go to any Cubs games on the road. But um. You know, that's right. Too Got soon. You should, okay. to, you should go up to Got Minnesota him. like our guy Mike Dubbs. He's seen a playoff him. game for nine bucks tonight I saw on Twitter. The Twins. Really? Or uh, the first game of the season, not tonight. It's tonight. Their games actually count as the playoffs, huh? Twins? <laughs> nine dollars for game one of a playoff game. Yeah. Wow. Up at Target Field. That's because that right now it's be nice. trophy walleye season. What's bigger, twins or trophy walleye <laughs> season? The answer is How many white playoff tip walleye. games have the Twins lost in a row? A lot, a lot. Over 20. Know, like, they haven't won a playoff game since, like, I was, like, 13 years old. It's, all, it's over 20 in a row. Yeah. yeah. Barb is pointing out you went on vacation, you know, to Arizona and Colorado. Listen, I never thought the first five minutes of the offseason we'd be discussing the Twins' playoff chances, but there it was. Uh, so, let's <laughs> back on track real quickly. Uh, Cubs, 83-79. and 79. We on this podcast will discuss the season in general. We'll start talking about David Ross. We're going to have a segment where we lay blame on people. <laughs> We're going to have a segment where we give credit to people. Which we'll is talk a little bit about the postseason coming up without the Cubs. And uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit about Tom Ricketts as well. Now, we're going to have six months to talk about everything, so let's not all go crazy at one time. But here's the main story. 83-79, and 79, they finish. Second place in the Central, nine games better than they were a year ago, but no playoffs. Okay? So the question was asked to Tom Ricketts yesterday, can this be considered a good season? 
You were there, Ryan. Yep. A, did you believe his answer? What did you think of his answer? His answer was, I don't think we want to start calling seasons. We don't make the playoffs good seasons. I think that's a consolation prize. We don't play for consolation prizes. I mean, it's good words, right? Like, it's the right thing to say. Uh, I, I love it. I, I, I do, but it's also like, I also have the part of me that's like, oh, what else is he going to say? Like, I love it, it but back mean, it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is like, back it up. Like, it was, and we'll talk about it, a, uh, strides were made this season in different areas. But at the end of the day, if you're going into it wanting to make the playoffs, as they talked about, you didn't do that. You didn't reach your goal. Right. So how do you go into next season and and get and, and reach your goals? And so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad he said it straight up. Like, we're not going to start calling – Seasons we don't make the playoffs good seasons because at the end of the day, if, again, if that's your goal to make the playoffs, you can't really say at the end of the season this is a good season. You could say you, you took steps, successes were, were had on individual basis or whatever, but as a team, you didn't do what you set out to do in April. Um, and so, Yeah, so it, it's a good quote. I didn't expect him to say anything differently, but my thing is like how how, do, how does Tom, how does Jed, how do, how do everyone in that organization, how do they – Go into this offseason, have that, you know, bitter taste in their mouth after uh, missing the playoffs and, and collapsing in September. They have that bitter taste in, in their in their minds. or And how do they take that, do the work this offseason, and come back and be better next season and not change so, so we're Yeah, so we're not sitting here on October 2nd next year talking about the Cubs not making the playoffs. Oh, I, I, I agree with all that. Like, yeah, yeah, strides, sure. End result, not good enough. No, it's it's not it's not good enough. Um, I'll just I mean for me what he said. It's I kind of agree with Ryan. Like, what else is he gonna say? Uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta show it. You gotta. Oh, he could Matt Eberflus it. Oh, we had a lot of good things happening yeah, out there. Yeah. I mean. You gotta, you know, delusional. If you if you have to, you gotta finally become a one of the franchises that's given a free agent contract over two hundred million dollars. You gotta make you gotta make the right trade. You got you gotta you gotta. This is an off season, like we 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 thought, or I I think going into last off season was the first off season where you could really judge Jed Hoyer Jed, Jed Hoyer on. If he can do this job, this offseason, I think he proved that he can do the job, but this offseason is, is where you ask yourself, can he, you know, really get this thing to sustainability of sustained success like Theo Epstein said back in the, you know, 10 years ago, 12, more than 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, like they – they have a lot to prove, right? Like I don't, I don't blame anyone if they don't believe what Tom Ricketts said yesterday. You know, you want to? This is the same guy who said that he's experienced biblical losses uh, at a time where you know so many more people had so much worse going on with them during the pandemic year. All right, like no one wanted to hear that, and I don't blame people for not wanting to hear that. Have they? Have they improved? The, has the organization improved since then? Yes. Have they spent money? Yes. Have they spent bad money? Yes. But they have spent money, and that's why I don't 
put as much blame on Tom Ricketts as much as our friend the Godfather has over the years. But yeah, this off season's a is it's time to prove that hey, we're we really are trying to be like the Los Angeles Do- Dodgers, the Atlanta Braves. Like spend the money. You got plenty of money to spend, man. And if you have to go in the luxury tax, who cares? The owner for the uh New York Mets went way over the luxury tax. I know it didn't work out, but they did it. The Padres did it. The Padres aren't a, a major market franchise. Like last year, it was understandable to where, to why they didn't go into luxury tax. They're still building, but you got this close with a fringe roster. You got to take this fringe roster now and 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 take that next step. You gotta you gotta make this thing a real contender. I said on the last show I did. I put my my flagpole in the ground. Next year, it's NL Central or bust and NLCS expectations or bust. If they do not at least reach the NLCS next year, I will be disappointed. And I'm saying that now before they've actually made improvements to the roster because that's where, that's where the fan base is going to have expectations for next year after what we saw this year. They're, this team is significantly improved coming off this season comparably to coming off 20, the 2022 season. Obviously, they have a lot to do to get to actually get to those types of expectations. But what I'm saying from a fan base perspective, this fan base is going that they, they're going to want not just playoffs, but be a real contender next year because they were this close to actually getting in. And the only reason they didn't was their own doing. So so take this roster that was firmly in the playoffs at the beginning of September and make it better and make it a like a real, real contender. That that's that's the expectations going in the offseason for me, and what I'm going to have expectations for, no matter what happens going into next year. Because if they just put together another roster of, oh well, if this works out and this works out and this works out, then then we're we're not taking steps forward. And I will criticize them if they if that is what happens. All right, like. Cody Bellinger should be an at like should be number one on the priority list. They need to they get they need to get more swing and miss in the starting rotation. They need to add more depth to the bullpen. I'm not saying go get a guy like Josh Hader, but I'm saying you add more depth that can then help with some of the young guys you got coming up. Some of the guys who did debut this year that have still have a lot of upside. That's what to me. That's what they need to do. They need to continue. Going up, not stay where you're at. This is like the, like Rick had said. It's not good enough this year, so act like it. That's right. Uh, Niren in the chat says the roster should scare the division in the league. That's that's what Cubs fans want to feel. Yeah. Like the building part has started. You mentioned Jed Hoyer, and you said, "All right, Jed looks like he can do the job." Jed did the easy part, the teardown. Maybe emotionally, that's not the easy part for the guy when you're cutting loose players that you know and like that we're part of the World Series team. The hard part is building it back up. And so now this, in my eyes, it was year two of trying to build it back up incrementally. Um, same thing I, I could be said for Ross. The same thing could be said for Ricketts. I, I will say, hey, we're heading into a recession. I hope we're not going to get the biblical losses excuse in the offseason. That is one thing that scares me about Shohei's available, Bellinger's available, players are available. I hope we're not going to say, well, yeah, but there's a big recession coming and it's here now. And so we've got to be what 
I know that overspending foolishly doesn't guarantee anything. The Yankees have proven it. The Mets have proven it. Padres. The Padres have proven it. But the Rangers also overspent, and they're starting to prove it the other way, too. It doesn't guarantee anything, but very rarely does it hurt your chances yeah. if you have the money to do it, okay? So I was thinking, well, we're going to talk about the, we'll call it a collapse instead of a choke because players don't like to hear the word choke. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the collapse here in the second segment when we start, start handing out blame and credit to individual players. But when I talk about looking for places the team can improve you mentioned rotation all these things I started looking around this morning I thought all right where where are the individual guys we had individual successes this season guys there some guys had real career years to be honest with you but if you look in the top 20 of major league baseball for individual success by Cubs players okay batting average is one of the few where they have some guys in the top 20 in Major League Baseball. I know you guys are going to say batting average isn't perfect. This proves it. Batting average. (laughs) Bellinger, sixth in all of baseball. Seiya, 14th in all of baseball in batting average. Nico, 19th in all of baseball. They had three players in the top 20 of a major offensive statistical category in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. All right. I would say the offense actually was probably better than I expected it to be. Still not good enough. Hits, only Nico tied for ninth. Homers, nobody in the top 20. So even though they had all these guys that hit 20 home runs, did they have anybody that was in the top 20 in Major League Baseball? The answer is no. There's a place they need that. Runs scored, only Nico, 18th. Not good enough. Stolen bases, Nico, 6th. So I gave you five major offensive categories only batting average did they really put their footprint yeah. anywhere near it. You go to the flip side, and you look at pitching, right? You're like, all right, where were they? Well, we know Steele was the guy. ERA, he's sixth. Strikeouts, nobody. Glaring, yeah. glaring asterisk red flag in the offseason. They had nobody in the top 25 in baseball for strikeouts. Not even their guy who was in the running for the Cy Young. To me, that tells you that's a great need. Steele was top three in wins. Even Alzali tied for 21st in saves. So he doesn't make the top 20, but he makes... Your, your closer did make it. I would say the thing that jumps out of all those is nobody in homers and nobody in strikeouts. Yeah, yeah well, on the um, the pitching side, like I think Steele was... Like Steele was the only one that even qualified, like had the right. innings to qualify for those like leaderboards, and you know, p- part of that is injuries, obviously, and you can't predict that, and and, and it happens. But like, the, what is what do we say? Like the best avail, the best the best ability is availability, yeah. and like most of the guys just didn't prove that 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 they could stay healthy all year. Uh, but then it's also like starting pitchers need to. You know, to reach those innings, especially when you – I mean, Steele had that, that uh, stint on the IL, too. He still got it. Like, to reach those innings limits, you have to have starts where you're going six, seven, eight innings, right? To, to, especially to balance out the ones when you get rocked and you're only going three, four. And I think if you look back at it, a lot of the guys that were in that rotation, for the most part, were only getting you, like, five innings, sometimes four, maybe a six in there. Like, even Kyle Hendricks wasn't going much past – 
much more past six innings. And, you know, part of that is, is bullpen and, and, and where he's at in the game and managerial decisions. But it's also like, you know, they got, they got to get more length out of some of these guys too. That also hurt the bullpen later in the season where you had starters just not making um, just deep, deeper starts consistently. And, um, you know, I think that's something that they're going to really need next year for sure. It's like Justin Steele can't be your only qualified pitcher on those leaderboards. Um, but, yeah, and then on the hitting side, I think, you know, power was a concern for us last year. And Jed Hoyer at his end-of-season presser a year ago talked about getting more power, talked about, you know, getting that power number up so that they can blow teams out and then you can limit the randomness of, like, one, two-run games. Um, and they didn't really address it. And, yes, you had six guys hit over 20 home runs, uh, but I think the overall slug was not – quite where it needed to be to do that and then you again you saw that later on in the season where it felt like every single game was a close game and then so when like, that all like to the bullpen again right it's like the bullpen's being used so much because you're playing like one run two run three run games every mm-hmm. day because you're not blowing anyone out and I guess credit to them for not getting blown out that much either but like if you're not blowing teams out often or just like giving solid leads comfortable leads that you can use some of those guys that have been mostly used in lower leverage then you're not doing yourself a favor. So, yeah, that, the power was a thing that we talked about a year ago, and it just it didn't manifest consistently this year. And so when you go into the offseason, like, yeah, that, that's got to improve greatly because we, you got to have guys that are, that are hitting home runs or just slugging in general. Like, the yeah. slugging has to be higher. Well, re- related to the power, I mean, I think we – admittedly, we all were much higher on Trey Mancini, and that just didn't develop. Yeah, that was – yeah. That was that was probably one of the biggest disappointments of the year. Um, you know, he was this he was this year's VR. I actually thought VR was a good signing. I actually thought Mancini might yeah. be a good signing. Yeah, and I that, was you know incredibly wrong on both yeah. fronts. Had Credit to, to me for yeah. saying Listen, that. I, he had to get the VR the VR yeah. dig in there. I, it's been a while. I loved the Mancini signing. So you know, credit to me to admit that I was wrong. Um, and then on the pitching side, I mean, I think. That's why the front office went and got Swanson because they knew that they didn't have the strikeout guys. And so that's yeah, they why they gobble play up ground for, balls. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the defense behind the Cubs pitching really saved them all season. Of course, they didn't save them in September a lot of the times, but overall, the Cubs defense really saved Cubs pitching all year. Uh, but, yeah, they. <laughs> The strikeouts is what what bothers me the most. Like, and I say that because I know it didn't work out this year for them, but the Guardians, it, when they made the playoffs last year, they're among they're towards the very bottom in home runs. And they made the playoffs last year. To me, their success came from their pitching. And Cubs, if they didn't have as many injuries this year, their pitching, we probably would be looking back at the pitching being a lot better than what a lot of us feel right now because two, this, two things can be true. The first half of the season, the pitching carried them. At the end of the season, the pitching fell apart, and a lot of it had to do with injuries. But the one thing that was consistent is that they just don't have, they didn't have a lot of swing and miss. They relied a lot on getting ground balls like guys like Kyle Hendricks, Marcus Stroman, Justin Steele getting those soft contact ground balls. Uh, you know, I think Steele consistently striking out six or seven. Every start was a positive. 
And I think that's just what he is. I, I don't see him ever being a guy who's going to strike out 10 per game. And that's fine. I still think he's a, a fine number two, number three in your rotation. It's at least, at, be, at best, a number two. And I, and I do think that maybe he can keep progressing to get better and, and, and at least be a guy that can, you know, you can rely on every fifth day and be in the top of your rotation one, two. You know what I mean? But for me, the swing, like the lack of strikeouts is what they really need to work on and get better at this offseason for next year's team to be great because that's just where the league is, man. The best teams – the, the best teams in baseball, they all have guys who strike people out a lot because that eliminates a lot of the randomness that hurt my heart this year, all right? Because when you strike guys out, you don't, you don't give the other team a chance to put the ball in play and crazy shit like, say, a Suzuki dropping the ball happens. You, know <laughs> you, I mean? you thought he caught yeah, it I, the, for the like best, the first two seconds. Don't remind me. <laughs> to me, the best Why thing you can have on your baseball video. team is <laughs> variety. Variety, right? Like yeah, a pitching yeah. staff. You don't want all the same pitcher. No. I, I also don't want a, a staff full of guys that all throw 99 and are afraid to pitch to contact sometimes. Like, I, I like I like the mixture. The Cubs just might have too much of one right now. Yeah. The pitching staff was better this year than it was last year. Sure. Now, one of the prospects that has to come up, or via trade, or via free agency, you've got to find somebody that's going to strike guys out when you need him specifically in the bullpen like that's what made Merriweather good too I think is that he th- he threw a little bit harder um than everybody else all right we'll get to the the collapse the blame and the credit in a second but first are you in the market for a new vehicle if you are then we have some great news for you Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram and Fox Lake have joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR you're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings and right now during the Ram Power Days at Ray CDJR only in Fox Lake, you'll be able to secure 0% financing or 17% off new Ram models. And that's not all. Now through October 31st, that's Halloween, explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage for a limited time of their seven-year anniversary savings. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. Let me also tell everyone about our friends at game time. Please. So, you know, I'm I'm looking at game time right now. The fr- I went to a Bears game last year, first ever Bears game I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Texans game. I, I think it was the walk-off field goal game. And uh, it was one of our first tailgates, actually. Yeah. Me and my family were there, and we're like, let's ah, just go to the, ba- the Bears game. Huh. We got our tickets through game time. It was great, great seats. We loved it. Um, yeah, if you're if you're looking for tickets for Bears game, if you want to go to a Bears game, deals to be had <laughs> this season, and you'll find the best deals with Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you, with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, they got, they got tickets for all the upcoming Bears games, again, as I was talking about. So if you want to go to Bears games, can't buy anything for Cubs right now, but we know the Bulls and Blackhawks are, are starting up already right now. So 
if you're excited about that, you want to go see Connor Bedard, like you can totally go game time uh, and get your tickets there. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I see we got like a hundred three people in the in the watching and only twenty four likes. Yep. And I need that to make sense. So we need more likes. Hit the here. like button, please. Keep hitting the likes. Day one of the off season. If you're mad the Cubs didn't make the playoffs, give a thumbs up. Yeah. Don't uh, hit the thumbs up. Why down. didn't why didn't they make the playoffs? That's the question. Starting September seventh, Cody. We like to remind everyone the stat was 90% chance. 92.4%. Do we like to do that? 92. 92. After they swept the Giants, it was 92.4%. Do we like to do that, So entering that series with the Diamondbacks, they were over 90% chance to make the playoffs. Then they went to lose 15 of their last 22 games. 15 of their last 22. That is a collapse, folks. 12 and 17 in the final month of the season. So we know it didn't go well. Was it they were tired? Was it that they weren't talented enough? Was it coaching? Uh, was it pressure? Was it uh, maybe yes, 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 yes. Maybe a little bit of everything, right? So let's do this segment. We'll give our blame. And then we'll also give credit to some people. Now, the number one person in the chat I understand because I saw the godfather of CHGO, Michael Collada, right away say, let's start the offseason right. Fire Ross. <laughs> Death, taxes. Well, welcome back to the godfather, godfather right? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. He was he's back. He's bit. back. He so was in back. Florida. Yeah, he's back, back in Illinois now. Uh, let, let's start with David Ross's reflection to Ryan and other reporters on Saturday uh, when he was asked, you know, about blame and different things, and he said, I wouldn't separate myself from any player, front office, coach. We're in this together. If we, get, if we don't get to where we want to go, I'm the head of this team. I'm the manager of this team. The blame should come on me first. All right? Big of him. Credit to him. <laughs> Big of him. Big of him to admit. <laughs> uh, Cody and I touched on this a little bit already. How much blame do you give David Ross? Do you think he will be... They haven't had their season-ending press conference today. Maybe that's tomorrow, Ryan. We'll see. It's, we'll see. I'm sure it's this week. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think David Ross is getting fired. I don't. No, no I don't either. As much as I want it to happen. <laughs> I told you, like, it, I, would be, I would be shocked. I would think there's a better chance that he gets fired and they replace, me, or replace him with me as manager than <laughs> he actually gets fired. Uh, this offseason. <laughs> I, I, 
look, like this is a this is a quote that you would expect from David Ross, but it's also a quote that you would expect from or you should expect from any manager in baseball, right? Like that comes with the job is is if you're like I guess more or less now than it in the past, but like the manager is the face of the team, right? Like this is the guy that runs the ship on the day to day, whatever. Um, and so when um, you know things go wrong as they did in September for the Cubs, the manager's the guy that gets the first blame. And uh, the I, second guy is the hitting coach. Yeah, uh, at least in this organization. In this organization, <laughs> hitting coach. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't expect anything different from David Ross. Like he understands the business. He understands that part of it and understands that you know he's going to be scapegoated at least by the fan base for, for that kind of stuff and um that that was what he signed up for um but when you ask like how much blame does he deserve like i can't give a percentage to it like they, they don't have really manager stats yeah, like on fan right. or anything i don't they don't have a fan manager war. i've had people in the chat um, say he single-handedly cost them the postseason no, I, I, and i don't like, i don't I don't buy that scenario. No, but he, he I'm not saying he doesn't deserve blame, but he didn't single handedly do it. He deserves blame, but there's like everyone deserves blame, right? Like David Ross made mistakes and he you know, maybe he cost them a couple games here and there, but like the players know and the players talked about it. You know, we, we um asked about David Ross and you know, da- guys like Dansby and, and Kyle Hendricks and, and the team leaders talked about like they know they didn't perform when it mattered in September. They were able to get themselves out of the hole but they didn't perform when they needed to in September down the stretch, right? Like, Jed Hoyer has acknowledged the uh, the, the, the decisions they made last offseason and kind of the, the hand that was uh, dealt to this team as far as the depth and stuff goes, pitching-wise, um, and that they felt like they had the depth, uh, whether it was through some of the guys they brought in or guys that were moving their way up the system, and ended up not being enough, and you saw that. And he he's acknowledged that, like the front office deserves blame, the players deserve blame, uh, David Ross and his coaching staff deserve blame, player development deserves blame, right? Like when when something when a collapse like that happens, it's not just on David Ross. Again, he made his mistakes and 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 mistakes that I disagreed with at the time or whatever. Um, but it, it's on everyone in that locker room and that front office that just decisions that have been made over the last year or even more than that um you know led to this and then play during that last month whether it's managerial decisions or guys not coming through in the clutch or or the 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 bullpen starting to falter or the starting pitching not uh do always doing their job whoever it is like there's a lot of people in this organization and on this team that deserve the blame so like I said I I can't give you a percentage of blame that David Ross has just just like I can't give you a percentage of the blame that Jed Hoyer deserves or Dansby Swanson deserves or Ian Happ like they're all as he said like we're in this together right like they all contributed in some part to not getting the job done and um, you know they all deserve blame and I think you know David Ross yeah he, he he's the guy he wants to take all the blame right he wants to be the guy that shoulders the blame the people around him aren't letting that happen right they're like they are taking the blame Kyle Hendricks himself said like we didn't we it's up to at the end of the day it's on the players to perform and we didn't that's what he told us yesterday so yeah I, I think it's just there's just a lot of there's a lot of blame obviously and and there's a lot of people that there's a lot of that blame there's enough blame to go around to pretty much everyone that was involved with the team this season for sep- the September collapse I put 50 percent of the collapse on David Ross and maybe that's maybe that's too much I don't care I'm not a math guy but. <laughs> That means half. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. 
I'm not a math guy either. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Start your thought Anyway. Over. For the collapse. For the, for the collapse, I put 50% on him because, to me, the manager, at the end of the day, he is the guy who keeps the guys focused and, I don't know, just he, the, the, he keeps the vibe in the clubhouse however it needs to be in order to not collapse. And that's, to me, you can't measure that. You can't, you, you just, you can't measure that. But to me, it is on him that they started playing very tense and, you know, couldn't come through and in, in, in when it mattered most. And I know that that's, that might be hot takey. That might be meatballish of me to say. Uh, shout out Greg Braggs. But we saw when Joe Madden was here during those those years and what you can use 2015 as an example because that team had similar expectations to this team when when that team looked like they're about to fall apart in mid-july going into august they weren't there weren't rumors of them selling off or anything but there was something about what joe madden did that kept that team together and just playing like just never giving up whatever it is and I think also I think the set of players in the ro- in the roster had something to do with that too, but there was something about what Joe Madden did for that roster that helped propel them into what turned into a magical year. And I'm sorry, man, four games up in the wild card and like at the beginning of September, four games up out in the second spot in the first week of September, and to fall apart like that, ninety some percent, like. There's just no way to me that you can't blame 50% of it on him. And you you want me to get into the managerial decisions? Just I just felt like it was insanity. He did the same thing it felt like every night. And I understand you got to have trust in guys, and he didn't have a lot of trust in guys, and they played in a lot of close games. But to me, sometimes you got to do something different. It took him forever to do something different with the lineup when the offense was sputtering in May and, and going into June. And when he finally put Mike Tockman in the top of the lineup, something that he changed something, and it actually benefited the team. I just I wish he would have done something like that in September when things felt like they started to sputter. And he didn't. He did the same thing over and over. He continuously put lighter out there when he didn't have the splitter, right? I, I understand that it's not all on him. He can't affect injuries. He can't affect performance or whatever. But – Keeping that locker room together and playing loose, yeah. I think, has a big part on him. And just, like, just doing something different. Like, I, I don't know what the difference, the, the, the different would have been, but that's, that's what leaves me having some sort of lingering negative feeling about him. Again, the expected win-loss record for this team was 90-72. and 72. On what? Run differential? Based off run yeah. differential, yes. That's that's that's. Okay, I'm, I'm. I'll let you finish. I'm like that's a very, not very misleading, but it's a misleading thing. Like that, there's a lot more that goes into the obviously outcomes than run differential. But go ahead and finish. Either way, they had like the third highest run differential in the National League, and they didn't make the playoffs. And the Marlins had a negative run differential with an expected win loss record that was under 500. Won a lot of close games. It's, the Marlins. Yeah, they play in a yeah. better division too. It's it, to me. It's unacceptable of what happened, and I'm not. 
I know it's not going to happen. And going into next year, he's going to be the manager, and I will continue to criticize him the way that I already am, which is not complaining about him after every loss and blaming him for every little thing. But he has me feeling down on him right now. And I don't blame fans for feeling that way. And I think even Jed Hoyer even kind of hinted at it that he's kind of down on him. I mean, shit, he went on the radio and said that he doesn't like bunting. The day after, David Ross tried to bunt or had Master Boney bunt or whatever, and it, in some aspects, cost them the game. Like, I think that because they have a, he has a great relationship with Jed Hoyer and ownership and everything, that he is going to get another year doing this. But, and I wouldn't say that he's on the hot seat, but to me, he's heading towards the hot seat if things don't get better. And again, I understand the roster was flawed, and that's, there's a lot of blame on Jed Hoyer for that. And guys didn't perform. Keegan Thompson had a, a massively disappointing year. And you can say that because he didn't have a good year, that bullpen was depleted. All right? And that part of that goes on Jed Hoyer for not adding more depth to the bullpen. Right? I, again, I'm not blaming every little thing of the collapse on David Ross. But to me... At the end of the day, he's got to have that have the locker room ready to go, playing loose and just reassuring to this to these guys like, hey, we got here for a reason. Like, we got to clean this up. We got to clean up, clean this up. And I don't know. I just felt like this team played super tense down the stretch, and that wasn't a thing that Joe Madden teams did. Bring a snake and a baby lion into the clubhouse already. I don't know, like something. <laughs> Do something. I just, I just wanted something different. Yeah, something you. different. Like, it, it just felt like he, he. It, it goes back to his quote where he said, "We're gonna go with the guys that got us here." Like, what's the point of the September call-ups if we're not going? to use them. And I'm not saying that Canario and PCA should have started every day, but he sure as hell didn't use Canario enough in pitch hitting ex- uh, moments. He, you know, like, I think he used PCA fine. I thought he should have played more in Arizona, but whatever. But the way that he used the guys who got call-ups this year, it just felt like it wasn't beneficial to their, not only their development, but even the team success. Because you can even go back to the beginning of the year where, Trey Mancini getting over 200-some play appearance, appearances, and but he basically struggled all year. Eric Hosmer getting the link that he did. How the hell did Luis Torrens make this roster? Is that on David Ross or on Jed Hoyer? We're, on never, Jed Hoyer. we're never going to know. But that's, either, that's, but roster either, decisions are Jed either way, the fact that, you know, like it's those little things. I, I, I just I, – I, I, I blame – I blame fifty percent of the collapse on David Ross. You, you found a way to out meatball the chat because there's a there's a few there's a, there's a few people in there that are disagreeing with you. So That's fine. I'm not I'm, I'm just saying, Bob, but, but the there are some that the do agree with you. The, the Godfather is on board with you. That. The Godfather probably says a hundred. I feel like mine's a little bit more, at least in the middle ground. All right. All right. At least I have I, to me. I have good reasoning behind it. Listen, we're gonna, <laughs> we'll probably have a whole David Ross podcast coming up within the next week or so. Uh, but we also want to take a little time for what, like Cody likes to say, credit to them. Credit to me, credit to them, big of me, big of them. Who would you like to give a little individual credit to this year? You could give David Ross credit for the team playing well up to and turning it around and rallying and, and getting to that trade deadline. Or you could give him blame. Depends on how you want to look at it. 
Uh, who would you like to give? We'll let Ryan go first. Who would you like to give credit to? Uh, I think the first one is easy. It's Justin Steele. Yeah. I think Justin Steele. Yeah, we have the the graphic on the show. He became the ace of this team, and you know his his last two starts notwithstanding, he was just really really good all season to the point where I don't know what we expected Steele to be this season. I know we had he had a good 2022 season. Um, I don't think any of us expected him to be blossom into an ace, but I, th- I, mean, I think we had potential. Like, I and mean, even All Star felt like, hey, oh, like that would be really good if he could get yeah. there, right? And he got higher than that. Um, and he he was in the Cy Young race for like the last two months of the season until his last couple starts. Like, he was everything the Cubs needed as a number one starter, especially after Marcus Stroman went down. Because like Marcus Stroman was the guy; he was the number one guy. He was the Cy Young guy the first half. Then he obviously struggled and then went down with injury. And then, I mean, the keys to the rotation were kind of handed to, to, to Steele by necessity. And he took that, and, and for start after start after start, he ran with it. And it was just like you're talking about where this team goes from here and, like, what they need to do in the offseason. It's like if Steele doesn't do that, we're talking about, like, they need they need to sign an ace, right? Or like, trade for an ace. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the narrative. And now you're like, well, like Justin Steele's kind of a number one. Like he he turned himself into a number one. He may not pump hundred mile power fastballs by guys or have the craziest nastiest stuff, but he does what he does well and gets results and and he gets underlying results too. Like the numbers like look great too. That are just you know not just wins and losses and ERA. Like the underlying numbers all look great. So with Justin Steele, he had such a great year, and you're looking at like this is your your anchor of your rotation now. And, and he was the anchor for the rotation when they were trying to make this playoff push and, and, and come back from 10 games below 500. So um, if anyone deserves credit for how they perform this season and, and help the Cubs nearly get to the, you know, get to the brink of the playoffs, it's Justin Steele in my mind. He's number one on the list. Uh, Cody, who's, who do you want to give credit to? Kudos, if you will. Oh, <laughs> of course. Uh, Mike Talkman literally saved the season in St. Louis. <laughs> Jed Hoyer literally admitted it. They decided to buy after he caught the ball in St. Louis. Um, Did they send it to Cooperstown? They should have sent that should've. ball to Cooperstown. <laughs> uh, but on the real, though, like, he was a great, like, addition that no one thought was going to be anything. Played in Korea last year, comes over, gets called up in, I think, like, mid-May after Bellinger goes down. And, you know, he didn't put up Bellinger numbers, but he, he – he was a big part of them even playing into September for, for games that mattered. And I think he has a nice spot on this roster next year as like a fourth outfielder. Uh, he, get, he, gave, he gave great at-bats even whenever he was struggling, like it, from the start of like mid-August go, and then through, you know, the first half of September. He still gave you great at-bats, and he walked a ton on this team. He was probably – I mean, Ian Happ was – had the highest on base percentage on the, for this team, I'm pretty sure, but he had to be in the top five and at least an on base percentage for this team this year. Uh, I just think he's a great veteran piece that, you know, again will give you great at bats and will find a way to get on base to help set the table for hopefully guys like Bellinger and Saya and got and whoever the the next guy that they add to make this lineup better. I, I think he 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 legitimately is a big part on why they even bought at the deadline so I, I agree the uh, Palatine Pounder was uh, exceeding expectations for the 
for Absolutely. almost every Cubs fan out there. Yeah, he was a major contributor for that. How about that? Summer Mike Talkman. I mean, heck, we made How a shirt about that. About game the guy. in Milwaukee that he sparked that three run ninth inning and they come back to win that yeah. game. They were down three to one. I mean, he, yeah. he was, I mean, when he you was think awesome about, this year. When you think about Cody Bellinger going down at, at that time and it was like, okay, how do they replace it? And it was like Mike Talkman comes in and again, another guy just like he didn't break camp with the team, obviously. He'd been a little bit of a journeyman throughout his career. I think he was in Korea last year. Like, yeah. he kind of came out of nowhere, and he didn't put up Cody Bellinger's April number, numbers, but he put up the kind of numbers that you're like, okay, we're comfortable having him here until Cody Bellinger gets back. And, I mean, that was all you could have really asked for him that whole summer. Like, he was he was a very surprising, like, key piece of that, that summer and, and that run they made. Uh, I saw in the chat that Fernando says Saya. We're finally getting healthy and finally getting it on track. That's a good one. one Say yeah. someone you could give credit to for finishing strong. Uh, John Owen, hello. Joining us in the live chat today. Um, my first one, credit to them, is the other. Steele is the obvious one in the pitching staff. Bellinger is the obvious offensive player. I mean, Cody Bellinger was a roll of the dice free agent. One that, frankly, we were mildly excited about just because of the potential, but we also thought it could end up like Mancini, right? Like, the potential was there when they signed Bellinger that they could have a Mancini-Hosmer-type signing. We, we said all along he had the highest upside of those three guys who had been pretty good at one point in their career that had then been not doing well. We said, oh, he's the highest upside but he's just as likely to fail. But then they, they brought in the Dodger hitting coach thing and was like, all right, maybe some possibilities. I don't know too many people that expected 26 homers, 97 RBI, 20 stolen bases, and a batting average over 300 while playing great center field and great first base. He felt, We've been waiting for somebody to play first base since Anthony Rizzo was sent away. Yeah. Haven't. Haven't been able to find that guy. If they don't re-sign the guy in the offseason, they still don't have that guy at first base. So not only did he fill center field, he filled first base, he filled the power left-handed bat um, offensively. Couldn't have asked anything more from Cody Bellinger, which credit to him is why I say write the guy a blank check. <laughs> write the guy a blank check. I think he's their biggest offseason need. He was the closest thing to an elite superstar player for the Cubs since Chris Bryant's MVP season. Yes. Like, even better than Javi, who finished second and runner-up in 2018. He was he's better than that because he didn't – his strikeout rate went from 27% last year to 15% this year. He's he not, was the entire package. He's not an off-season need. He's an off-season can't lose. Yeah. You have to build on having Cody Bellinger on your roster if you subtract him from that offense – we're not talking about second place in 83 wins. I will tell you that much. Oh, I'll be. I don't know what War wants to tell you, but I'll tell you there's a big difference on that team without Cody Bellinger. Absolutely. All right. Uh, my other guy, uh, you got to give it to Gomi, my homie. Gomi, right? my homie. Yeah, Jan Gomes, man. He, Credit to him. Credit to him. He surpassed all of our expectations. Absolutely. And, you know, I think when we came in, right, like they, they let Wilson Contreras walk in free agency. They signed Tucker Barnhart, obviously. It's okay. Like we, we know, I mean, we kind of knew that already last season, but like we, they're for sure going in this like defensive minded, like 
good working with pitching staffs, good game game caller, soft factor, like tandem behind the plate. And Miguel Amaya is part of that too. Like all the returns you get on him, were um, he's a very good he's a very good uh, defensive catcher. Um, you know, he does all that kind of same things well. He's just obviously young and, and inexperienced and was injured for a lot of uh, the last couple of years. So um, it was Jan Gomes' team, and he worked with that pitching stuff. Like, everything, everything is just Jan Gomes is great behind the plate. Um, everything you hear, everything you can can look at versus the intangible soft factors, like, he's really good at. And he surprised everyone offensively. Like, you didn't know what you are going to get offensively, and – you know, I remember David Ross early in the season talking about like, you know, like what I, like I don't even care about the offense. He, he's so great defensively and working with the pitchers, like whatever he gives us is kind of a bonus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up with a 95 WRC plus, which is still below average, but it's his best in, in a few seasons. And like, again, he wasn't like it wasn't a requirement for him to be an above average major league batter, right? It was like it was like give us what you can give on offense and be really good behind the plate for us and, and that'll be great. Um but not even that. It's like Jan Gomes was the most clutch guy on this team. We talked about it on Saturday. He had a one ninety two WRC plus and fangraphs high leverage moments, which is better than obviously I was gonna say better than so and so. No, it's better than everyone else on the team. He was like the guy that Especially by the end of the season, when he came up in a big situation, it felt like he was coming through all the time. Like there was a few weeks there uh, where <clears throat> he, he struggled offensively, but you know that comes and goes with the with the full baseball season. But he he just like every it felt like every time he was going out there in a big spot, guys on base, runners in scoring position, whatever, close game, like he was going to come through. And the eye test shows that the the numbers back that up. Like he was. He was everything they needed in, like, a veteran guy in the moment, right? In the big moments, a veteran guy that comes through. That was Jan Gomes this season. So, yeah, credit to him for having just the kind of season, again, that almost got the Cubs there because he he played so well when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, obviously what he did for the pitching staff uh, was huge while the other guy went to St. Louis and they had one of the worst pitching staffs in the league. The other guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so – but as far as the offense, yeah, I mean, he's he surpassed every expectation offensively, and I think he was actually was a real leader in uh, in the clubhouse, and uh, yeah, I think I think fans have a new appreciation for him, and if they don't, they're just looking at what he does with the bat, and they're not taking anything into context with what he does for the pitching staff. He he threw out plenty of runners this year. Um, and again, I think he really helped a lot of the young the young pitchers. Some of the young pitchers that still struggled, you know, like I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're young pitchers. But I do think he played a big he plays a big part in you know helping Justin Steele get to where he is and helping you know some of the other young guys that kind of took big steps this year. So I, he was again he was everything you could ask for. So I'm all about picking up that option for him to come back next year. My question, my my. My wondering thing about the catching position is just is is how much more can can Gomes take because he is going to be 37 next year and they and they need to get Amaya implemented they they need they need Amaya to take that next step next year and when mm-hmm. that next step is just I don't know trying to become a major league catcher because I, I I felt like Amaya really fell off in the second half of the year. 
was the most baseball he's played, obviously, yeah. and he's he came back from an injury. That's uh, true too. All right, Cody, who's your uh, credit to them? Who's your final credit to them? Uh, someone said in the chat earlier, and uh, yes, it is the ass man. The ass mm. man, in some aspects, saved saved us all from the collapse happening in August instead of September, uh, or instead of just September. Um, he came in. What he got inserted to the rotation around the beginning of August. I think his first, well, his first star was against the Braves, and he, I think he went like four and a third or whatever against that powerful lineup. And then he went, they went to Toronto shortly after. He shoved like seven innings down the Blue Jays' throats. And, uh, yeah, that was just kind of the start of him, you know, really becoming a major factor in the Cubs' rotation. I do think still that he is better as a multi-inning reliever in the bullpen. Uh, but he, I think the thing about him that makes him so great is that he was s- probably the most versatile pitcher on the staff outside of Drew Smiley, uh, a guy who you put him in any role and he'll go out there and do it. You need him to pitch middle middle of the inning relief innings because if some guy uh, didn't perform well that day, fine. You need him to pitch in the eighth inning because your bullpen is kind of taxed and you haven't used him in a few days, fine. You need him to step in the rotation because Marcus Stroman's hip is all messed up, fine. Like, he, he just he just excelled in every role that the Cubs put him in this year. And, uh, you know, we talk about Steele being a homegrown, developed guy. This is another guy. I don't think he has the ceiling of Justin Steele, but I do think he's he's for, for a homegrown pitcher to be able to come out there and, and be able to insert in any kind of role is, uh, you know, it's in, it's it's very valuable, and I think that it could get overlooked by a lot of casuals. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with him that like I don't know if he, if you're looking at like a playoff rotation that he's a huge part of it, but I think he's got us. I think he's proved he's got a spot on a on a good major league team, like yeah. whether that's in the bullpen, multi innings, whatever it is. Like you can like uh, you you can use a guy that gets results, right? You can use a guy that has uh, maybe the the underlying things don't love him or like the stuff plus or whatever, right? But like he. He pitches very well. He likes the moment. He's that chameleon that kind of went back and forth between roles all year. Like, there's a spot for, for – if this team is going to make the playoffs next year, like, there's still a spot for, for Javier Assad on this team. Isn't yeah. that almost exactly what we said about Steele two years ago? I mean, I'm not – again, I'm not saying – I didn't think Steele had the ceiling that he's showing he had. So I'm not going to put a limit on Assad. I, I, I'm not expecting him to become a frontline starter yeah. for the team. But I'm not going to put that limit on him. He's a young pitcher, and frankly, he was not until until we saw him pitch in the World Baseball Classic. I never had expectations for him to have this type of season. Yeah. He wasn't even on my radar. Not that he wasn't somebody they talked about, but I was thinking Keegan Thompson. I was thinking Steele. We we're waiting to see where they were going to go this year. We were thinking Wes Neski. And here comes the ass man, ready to shove it for at least half of the season. Yeah. And it took him a little while to get it going, and he maybe didn't finish great. But there's something to build on next year for him. And uh, I also love the glasses. I'll leave it at that. The glasses are Love the glasses. Look. I mean, uh, we kind of put him – you can put him and Jordan Wicks together. I mean, Jordan Wicks mm-hmm. also basically did the same thing. Yeah. And, a little later and, he's, and to me, he's already cemented himself as at least a – you know, four or five starter for the Cubs next year. So okay, uh, my final also credit to them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why might I'm not saying. make some people happy. My final credit to them. My final credit to them is Dansby Swanson. Oh, uh, the big off-season signing. 
The next guy they wanted to have, and I've already seen the chat saying he shouldn't be batting fifth or sixth. That's not his fault. <laughs> I agree he's not a four or five hitter on a great team. Again, not his fault. That's where Jed and Tom and Carter Hawkins need to fix the lineup so he's not your number four hitter. He still delivered 22 homers, 80 RBI, 744 OPS, and defensively, Remember I had those rankings for guys for pitching and hitting and where do we have anybody in the top 20 individually? Yeah. Do we have anybody in the top 25? Here's one defensively. Number one. Number one in outs above average. And he was the cheapest of the big money free agents. And frankly, that's not even a big money deal anymore when you're talking about a shortstop. They got so far one year of Dansby Swanson they got exactly what they were looking for and more. They got a guy who's a leader, a guy who works hard, a guy they can look up to, a guy that when the roster improves, they can move down the lineup, and a guy that will gobble up every ground ball, hit to shortstop that you can imagine. Did he make some errors in the month of September? Yes. Players make errors every once in a while. Problem was, his error came when another guy's dropping a fly ball and another guy's throwing. They all happened at one time. Dansby Swanson, for me, was everything we expected him to be, and frankly, probably more in my opinion. Now, I split that. Dansby, credit to him, but also, let's not forget, credit to me. Credit to me, why? Big of me, credit to me. Who on this podcast said 83 wins this season? Before we started, who said 83 wins? Kevin, do you have any idea who said 83 wins? Who on this Mm. podcast at CHGO said the Cubs are going to win 83 games Mm. this year? I don't know. I I think it might have been. Credit to me. Big of me. Credit to me. (laughs) Whatever. So let's leave it at that. It would have surpassed my win total if they didn't collapse in September. You can blame the collapse on me if you want because I knew they weren't going to win more than 83. And so the team probably heard that and said, well, Stucky didn't think the expectations were. We got to stop. We we reached our peak, 83. They didn't blow both those games in Atlanta out. 85 would have hit. So, like, you got If they didn't suck against the Pirates and the Rockies, they easily win 88. And we're talking about the postseason right now. Uh, Cody, this is just making me sick more than anything. Well, I, I can't give you any credit. It's just making me sick. Credit to me, big of me, humble of me to point it out. Hey, hey, humble oh, of you. On, on. <laughs> also credit to me, preseason, I made my like predictions for 2023. I said Cubs above 500, don't make the playoffs. That was my prediction, so sorry. I mean, sorry, but also credit 80, to me. 83 is more specific, but yes. No, uh, Cody, tell us about Sunnyside. Credit to them, Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. I'm the only one on this podcast who had some actual hope. Big of me to put my heart on the line. All right. I need to get some sunny side after that. Uh, Which is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunny side has everything you need to elevate. Now your football season, uh, and you're going to need it with this bear season we're having. Uh, No matter where you are, on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering and in-store pickup. The great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside, rewards Illinois' favorite dispensary. Uh, guys, what are some of your favorites? Uh, Mindy's, the best oh, tasting Mindy's, gummy. Yeah, hot chocolate. Ooh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the best, Mindy's is the, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard, award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. It's one of my favorites. Uh, good news, Cresco, high supply, uh, wonder. It's all great. I can't complain. 
through October 15th. Head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code, pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. We really are going to need it for the football season. Holy shit, does this bear season suck? Hey, you know, we don't want to talk about that on this You know show. what you're going to need this <laughs> offseason? Fubo TV, just like you need it during the summer. 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price and start watching right away with their free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching, and they give you 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch your local teams while traveling. During the baseball season, Marquee is on Fubo TV. You can watch college football. You can watch the Big Ten. You can watch the NFL. You can watch the Bears. You can watch Red Zone. You can watch NFL Network. You can watch it all right at Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash CHGO to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Nice. nice. Uh, all right, real quick. We're, we don't have a ton of time left. Here are the teams that are in. 12 teams ready to play in the postseason. Cubs just missed out. American League, you got the Rangers against the Rays. You got the Blue Jays against the Twins. And you have the Orioles and the Astros with a bye. National League, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Marlins, Phillies, and the Braves and Dodgers with a bye. Who are you rooting for in the American League? And who are you rooting for in the National League, Cody? Well, if you go back to our preseason predictions, I, you know, I just uh, credit to me for jinxing the St. Louis. Those are awful. <laughs> All of ours are yeah. so bad. Well, you know, outside of my eighty-three. Credit of to me for choosing St. Louis Cardinals to win the World Series. Uh, credit to me because I'm just always wrong about everything. Uh, so, but I had them facing the Blue Jays in the World Series. So I guess I'll root for the Blue Jays in the in the American League. Um, as far as the National League, anyone but the Milwaukee Brewers. I am. The number one certified Milwaukee Brewers hater for the next however many days I have to be. Anyone but the Milwaukee Brewers can take the National League for me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm a broken man right now. Go D-backs. Yeah, just for them. But I am, you know, it, for our company. I'm so very yeah. broken from September right now, so it's even hard to root for them. But I will root for them over uh, – the Brewers. Yeah. All right. Who are you rooting for, Ryan? I don't know if I'm really rooting for anyone. I like the, so the Orioles stories. Yeah. Like, they're they're just a fun team. And, you know, I, I don't remember what the record was last year, but they were not nearly this good. And a lot of those young guys have come up and stepped up and, and been playing well. So, like, credit to them for, for doing what they've done this year. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. Like I said, D-backs, we got PHNX. Phillies, PHLY, like, for the good of our company. Mm. At least make some noise. Like, like, let's let's grow. Let's grow this damn company. I'd root for... Just make some noise. I'd root for the D-backs more than the Phillies because, first off, PHLY has literally existed for, like, what, a month? They don't deserve a championship. Well, a champion. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we don't want them pettiness, to grow. The pettiness. Uh, I want them to grow, not but, Not a like, company man, confirmed. I'd, again, I'd rather PHNX Clip have it, success over, over them. <laughs> They've existed for, like, a month. You know how much pain we've had to deal with here? They deserve some pain, too, all right? They have the Eagles, all right? They could have some success with the Eagles, not the Phillies. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, I would Craig like to see— also points out that Brandon Hyde is the Orioles manager. I would like That's to see fair. Blue Jays and Orioles. Brandon Hyde is my reason for the Orioles. Uh, Blue Jays, 
like a lot of their players, like some of their young players. Uh, National League, I'll, I'll just go Phillies just because Schwarbs. I'll always root for Schwarbs to do well. That's Other than fair. that, anybody but the Brewers. Anybody but the Brewers. And also, I don't want the Rays to do well because I don't want Cubs ownership to start saying, look how cheap they did that. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, you know what's not, not uh, something you need to worry about, something you can always root for? Goose Island beer. Oh, yeah. Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO, Chicago's beer since 1988. Oh, Oktoberfest is out right now. The 312 Weed Ale, one of Cody's favorites, and the beer bat will be back next season. You can bet Cody will be trying to use the full pocket Pilsner. It's so smooth. We have tailgates coming up all season. Just had one uh, Bears-Broncos, big success out at Wabash and Cermak. Make sure you sign up to be a diehard so you get 20% off. All the Goose Island you can drink is included in those tailgates. Grab Ultra Fresh Brewer exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. And Ryan always tells me, make sure you take your Shady Rays when you go outside. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead and the cold weather that's coming up here too. All of these with polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product, just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn, durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you break them or lose them, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase them. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing a much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. with Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And here we go. Ready for this? Exclusive for our listeners. Shady Rays. Pay attention now. Giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code CHGO. That's CHGO. 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by more than a quarter of a million people. Shady Rays. Before we go, can you bring up that picture of Luke? Real quick again. Oh, yeah. Of course I can. Because that picture is probably twenty years old. I saw a comment in the chat. Uh, Carter Hawkins have not yet confirmed. Wants to that trade it, me. Had, I've not yet confirmed if that is the yeah. actual general manager of the Cubs or not. Uh, I the, think it might. I want the, the facts get based, in the way of a good uh, story. Based on the chat, I would say probably. But he is. said <laughs> Luke's photo screams assistant bank manager. So if you're, hey, if you got a job at a bank, I'm willing to work two jobs. <laughs> I had to mute my mic. I was laughing at that comment. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, you should go to the YouTube and come and watch this, this part right now because it. I don't, know, I don't know how agree. old that photo is, but that's an older photo. Quick Google search, found it. First page was like the third <laughs> one down. Just grabbed it. Put it right on. Right next to uh, an ass man license plate or something like that. I think it was you and Layla Rahimi on oh. a, uh, like the th- picture yeah, right yeah. next to what you guys doing. That was uh, Chicago one. in the loop. The yes. show was in the loop. Yes. yes. And then after that was all your And then they, we changed won. it to in the Luke. In the Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Astros winning the World Series. Astros winning the World Series. Make me vomit. No. They are not. Nobody's talking about Houston. Everybody, they're talking about everybody yeah, else. Houston's true. still the best team in the postseason. They're going to win it all. Ooh, we'll see. I sure as hell Make hope not. Vomit. I sure as hell hope not. I, 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 okay, I'd rather them win than Milwaukee. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, that's, that's where number I draw one, the line. Brewers don't win. Number two, Astros don't win. 
We got a fan base that has their ballpark falling apart and their fans piss on concourse. Sure as hell, I'm not rooting <laughs> for the Milwaukee that. Brewers. Screw them. <laughs> Pisses right. me off that they're in this postseason. Ugh. We'll be back tomorrow with another hour podcast like we will all offseason long, so please don't leave us. Five oh, days yeah. a week, we're going to be here. Offseason just starting. Probably Monday through Friday. Um, that's the plan. 130 plan, I believe, is Monday through Friday. Catcher's report? It's getting close. A lot. <laughs> Getting close. I need a vacation. Um, now, <laughs> the one variable might be whether Ryan is at Wrigley Field whenever Jed Hoyer decides he wants to talk so we'll and see. or, you know, maybe they fire David Ross, but I don't think it's coming. Just so. <laughs> I don't think what it's are, coming, guys. I think that's going to be a regular press conference. What, uh, what guests should we get on this offseason? Hey, anybody Ooh, anybody in the chat want a guest? What, do you, what guest are you thinking? Let's get everyone. Don't say Cody Bellinger. All of them. Yeah, he's not, he's not a Cub right he, now anymore. He's free agent. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, it would be disingenuous for him to talk about. Maybe we'll get Boris. Let's call Boris. Yeah, there you hey, go. <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be fun. That would be a great interview. All right, we'll start. CM Punk. See if, we'll see if the Catman's allowed to ever come back on again. <laughs> thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everybody in the live chat. That was fun. Make sure you subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page so you don't miss any of our shows. And if you're listening to us in regular podcast form, whether that's Spotify, Apple, whatever. Make sure you give us good reviews. We appreciate you as listeners as well. And don't forget, until tomorrow at 120, fly the W.